So let's begin with prayer. Abba Father, it is, it, it is beyond human capacity to put into words the gratefulness for what you've accomplished through your son, Jesus Christ, with his death on the cross. God, open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits to understand the truth and that your son, Jesus, is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no workaround for that. Ask your grace that it would be clearly upon us right now, please. Lord, we love you and need you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's dig into God's word. I want to introduce to you something you're very, very familiar with, but let's dig a little deeper. And this is from Isaiah chapter 9. And Isaiah the prophet, the great prophet, says this, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called and by the way, in Hebrew, these are couplets. You could say his name is wonderful. You could say his name is counselor, but it's done as couplets. And so we interpret that as wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government. His borders will expand. They'll, they'll go out throughout the world. Or peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Couple of comments to, to get you to dig into the truth, and then we're gonna focus on the Apostle Paul and what Paul says about peace and the evidence and function of peace in the life of a Christian, and in the life of a church that has peace, it'll be good. Let's dig in a bit. The word peace used 260 times in Hebrew is, no surprise to you who know a little bit of Hebrew, shalom. All right, now shalom in Hebrew, yes, means peace. And peace is an absolute beautiful thing. I cannot help myself. Be still my heart. So it means peace, but if you dig into the root word, it means more than that. It means the, the peace that comes out of being whole on the inside. So when you say shalom to someone, shalom alechim, and they might respond back, alechim, alechim, shalom, they're saying, may wholeness in the peace that comes out of having nothing missing inside your heart, may that be upon you. May it be well and whole inside of you. That's what I'm praying. So if you can kind of get your mind around that, it's good to know a little Hebrew, right? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, the prince that creates wholeness inside of us. Peace. Now it's interesting how that's expanded in a political sense. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of the peace. In other words, let's, let's pick at it. There's going to be no end to the increase in the expanding borders of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. How about some wisdom? When there's peace on the throne it makes peace in the nation possible. 
when there's peace in the heart of a man, there can be peace in his house. Do you understand? When a man is whole on the inside and nothing's missing, and he is shalom, he's full of peace and wholeness and contentment. A man of peace can bring peace to his house. Just like a political leader, David on the throne, a man of peace, can bring peace to the nation. Now you and I know that this is a prophecy about Jesus. And if you have any understanding of Christian doctrine at all, in the most minimal sense, you know that the Prince of Peace is Jesus, not a political figure. It's Jesus, and he's the only one that can make the human heart whole. A couple of other verses to expand on this idea of peace. Isaiah 32, and the work of righteousness will be peace. It's a fascinating idea that for some of us, by virtue of past trauma, by virtue of all kinds of stuff, odd personality quirks, that the work of righteousness will be law. No. (laughs) The work of righteousness will be judgment. No. (laughs) The work of righteousness will be obscurity, detachment, abandonment, and and turning the blind. No. The work of righteousness will be peace. Romans 15. This is really a powerful idea. I mentioned can a, can a man be whole? Can a woman be whole on the inside? Can a church be whole? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Faith in Jesus Christ unlocks joy, unlocks peace. It makes it real in our lives so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And concerning you, my brothers and sisters, I myself also am convinced That you yourselves are full of goodness. Paul hasn't met these Christians and he's assuming assuming they're good people. How beautiful is that? Some of us assume the worst of others. Paul is modeling that he's assuming the best. I'm convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness. Filled with all knowledge and look at this. Able also to admonish or encourage one another. When you're a man of peace, a woman of peace, you have the ability to be encouraging. It's beautiful when we get to do that. All right, I want to dig in. Let's look at Paul and how Paul be, uh, peace became a reality in Paul's life. Everybody turn to Ephesians 2. Everyone turn to Ephesians 2. And let's look closely at this. And then I want to turn it over. We see a video and then I'm going to turn it over to you. This is beautiful. Paul's, how the spirit uses Paul just continues to fascinate me. Ephesians chapter two, look at verse 12. Paul's asking the the people of Ephesus to remember. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the people of Israel, strangers, to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who previously were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
For he himself is our peace. Shalom in Hebrew, Erene. Erene is a medical term uh, meaning to be healed. That which is irenic. For he himself is our shalom. Who made both groups, insiders and outsiders, Jews and Gentiles, into one. And broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. By abolishing in his flesh the hostility. By the way, let's do some good theology. Hostility is the opposite of peace. War. By abolishing in his flesh the war. Which is the law composed of commandments expressed in ordinances. So that in himself he might make the two one. A new person. In this way, establishing shalom, peace. And that he might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross. Not the law of Moses. Not by the psychodynamics of control, manipulation, narcissism, and passive aggressive behavior, and the good old fashioned chip on the shoulder. <laughs> no. He established this through the cross. By it, having put to death hostility or stopping the war. In Jesus Christ, the war is over. D-Day becomes V-Day. And he came and he preached shalom to you. You Gentiles who were far away. And he preached shalom, peace, to those who were near, the Jews who were right up close to the edge. For through him, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Isn't that something? Paul is quoting Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one has access to the Father except through me. The Pope, I'm a former Catholic, I can say this, the Pope didn't die on the cross for you. Buddha didn't die on the cross for you. In, in fact, at his death, Buddha says, don't worship me, I have no idea what's going on. It's through Jesus that we have access in one spirit to the Father. Peace. So, couple of ideas that I want you to notice. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded. We all know the sting of separation. We all know the sting of judgment and excluded. We know what it feels like to not be picked for the kickball team, you know, or, or when they do that thing in elementary school where they try to swap and do some trades to get the loser guy on the opposite team. Sure, we all know what that feels like. But we're talking about something very, very different. Because Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 says that your sins have made a separation between you and your God so much so that he can't hear your prayers. Or more specifically, he won't hear your prayers. So if you want to go the way of the law, 
You want to go by the rule, the rule book? We're all rule breakers. And in that state of being a rule breaker, if that's what it's going to take to be righteous, then God will turn his face. And he'll stop his ears up. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to listen as you're a hypocrite and you treat people one way and you preach a different message. You treat your spouse one way and your kids one way and then you treat the stranger at Walmart. I'm not going to listen to your prayers. You're a rule breaker. I'm fond of saying, and I don't mind rubbing the cat the wrong way. I don't believe excellence glorifies God. I don't. I think it glorifies us. Look at me. I mowed the lawn better than you. Look how I edged the lawn. I'm doing it for the glory of God. No, you're not. You're doing it for the glory of the neighborhood. I think what glorifies God is brokenness. Humility. Realizing that you're a lawbreaker. And that you have no hope outside of Jesus Christ. Yeah. He himself is our shalom. So, by virtue of the title, I said the evidence of peace. Is there evidence of peace in your life? You know, we're worshiping Jesus. This is about Christmas and the gifts of the Father. And God so loved the world that he gave his son. And he gave his son that we would know peace. What, is, what, is, what did the angels declare, you know, at the birth of Christ? Peace on earth, shalom on earth and goodwill toward men (laughs) whom God is now pleased that makes no sense that God would be pleased with mankind makes no sense at all unless he's talking about those people who become broken and humble and realize the only way to the father is through Jesus the son And they become born again. They receive God's grace through Jesus Christ. And they put their faith in him. And they say, Jesus is the only way that I'm going to be made clean and forgiven so that I can have access to the Father. Ah, those are the people on earth whom God is pleased. And peace, shalom to them. He himself is our peace. Are you happy? Are you at peace? Are you content? Do you know what it means to uh, not be at war? No more fighting. Isaiah says you're going to take your swords and your implements of war and you're going to beat them into plowshares. You're going to turn them into farming equipment. No more war. Time to farm. It's time to plant. All accomplished through his son Jesus Christ. And by the cross, he has established peace. Peace between us and the Father and peace between Jew and Gentile. I want you to see a video. It's just super short. And actually, David, let it loop for just a couple times to get the fullness of this. There's a lady named Melissa Highsmith. Fascinating story. Quickly set the scene. When she was a toddler, she was abducted. And her mom and dad lost their baby girl. Like, try to get your mind around the horrors of that. Talk about separation, right? Okay. She decided to, to do a 23andMe genetic test. Guess what? 
She gets a hit, 100% match. What's going on? You're going to see the reunion. It's amazing. Go ahead. I believe that if you're a man of God, you're a protector. You have the weapon. You know how to be dangerous, righteously dangerous. You know how to protect your family. Yeah, I really believe that with all my heart. Moms, you too. Come on. It's, that's mom and dad. Sure. Can you imagine the guilt of losing a child? Can you imagine that? Somebody dropped the ball. Who picked the babysitter? Can you imagine the guilt, the potential for guilt and shame on that? Can you imagine? By the way, when a tragedy happens to a small child, there's about a 90% chance the mom and dad will divorce because some spouse blames the other for neglect. And had you been the mom, you should have been. Had you been the dad, you should have been. Our child wouldn't have been stolen. Talk about separation. Talk about exclusion. And can you imagine, can you try to feel through mom's heart, now they're in their 70s, dad's heart, to see your daughter for the first time. And the reconciliation. And dad trying to say, I, I, I can't tell you how happy this makes me. And how, how beautiful is that? Okay. Can we somehow grasp this idea that that is minuscule in comparison to the reconciliation that God the Father wanted to restore his relationship with you through his son, Jesus Christ. He wants that. He wants that. All right, now, let's dig into this here. Um, I want you to see See this, uh, the need for us to speak truth to one another, not opinion, truth, biblical truth, and to speak it graciously. I'm going to leave these three verses up here about shalom, Irene. I want you to kind of, kind of frame that in, that, that Jesus wants to give us shalom, peace, 
and make that which is missing alive in us so that we're whole, we're shalom. And blessed are the trouble, I'm, I'm let's read that again. Blessed are the peacemakers. They're going to be called the sons of God. Now, theologically, you and I know that it's sons and daughters of God. And Isaiah, I love Isaiah. Man, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he, by the way, steadfast, samak. It really means, like I know more Hebrew than the Hebrew scholars. Bear with me. It literally means in its root form to lean on, to lean on. The one who leans on God leans in and rests is really what it means in its root form. Does it mean steadfast, like lay hands on and lay hold up? Yep, it means that too. But it's in, in its root idea, it means to lean on. It's what it really means. Um, Rebecca, who I think is an incredible mother, Rebecca was, was wrestling with Zay Zay last night. And I don't know how it happened, but Isaiah like, got his elbow banged against something. And he is in a puddle of tears, you know. His mommy hurt him, and, and you know, what do you what do you do with that? And 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 Becca's trying to say Isaiah, there's no way it hurt that bad. And she did that for a little bit, you know. And then she said, "Do you want me to just hold you?" Yeah. And so he leaned in. He leaned in, and she just held him. It was beautiful. Can we borrow that idea? Because it means. Samak, to lean in, to lay on, to rest. Those who lean in and rest, their mind, Yahweh will keep in perfect shalom. But the one who leans in, trusts him. Now, if we could be just transparent for just a little bit, that's hard. Because we want to problem solve in any which way possible until we finally learn to trust God. What, what is the, I, I think it's Winston Churchill, Churchill, according to Churchillian folklore, said the Americans are good chap and they will always do the right thing after they've tried everything else. We'll try everything else, won't we? Until we finally say, you know what, I got nothing. My brain's toast. I've tried everything. I've tried to rationalize, fix, control, manipulate every way possible. The one who learns to rest on God's heart will know shalom. Yeah. You are the body of Christ. Speak truth. Speak truth. Be the peacemaker. If you're led by the Holy Spirit, then you should be able to admonish one another in a way that would create wholeness or shalom inside of us. Yes. Hey, Pastor, um, thinking of steadfast of mind, you know, keeping the perfect peace. Um, unrest and um, rapidly changing scenarios in different governments around the world. And I catch myself sometimes really almost going into like a panic attack. 
attack. Like it's yeah. hard to have trouble yeah. breathing, and and I just have to remind myself, I cannot fix that. I am going to trust in God. And so, when we get frightened of things that we obviously cannot control, yeah. and we cannot fix, and we cannot, there's nothing that we as an individual can do. Yeah. I think that it's it's a really good time to keep in mind that mm-hmm. it's all in God's hands. We're supposed to do what we can do, and leave yeah. the rest up to him. So that's so good, Janice. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. If you think Fox News is going to give you the truth, you're wrong. You're wrong. They're going to spin it. Everybody spins it all. Everybody. And our hope is not in Washington. I promise you that. I don't care who is in. Office. Keep going. You're the church. Speak the truth of God. Um, I'm always struck whenever I see the word peacemakers because I'm reminded of Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker. Yeah. Um, and if anybody in here knows how to read, you should probably get the book. Okay. Uh, what is the title again? The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. Ken Sandy. S A N D E. Okay. And it'll radically change the way that you view conflict and what we what we usually just term as bad luck or bad circumstances mm-hmm. and how all of that is just a part of God's plan yeah. to bring glory to Him and bring others to Him. Mm, that's beautiful, causing all things to work together. That's good. Someone else, why does this matter? Interpreting Scripture, Patch? Biblical peace allows us to have a better perspective than worldly peace yeah. in terms of yeah. understanding what's important but not all important, what's important but not unimportant. And yep. filtering our lens, or filtering our worldview through a biblical lens of peace, we can discern, because we're not going to not get information from the world. We're always going to be stimulated by the world, getting information, being told this is right, this is wrong. Having that kind of biblical peace allows us to be able to filter in a way that's healthy, and allows us to be the peacemakers to others who might be confused about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Um, how, uh, we got to realize too, Chris, that the, the peace of Christ is not the absence of chaos. Yes, it's not the absence of chaos. Yeah. It's the absence of chaos inside. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That is so good. So, Philip? Uh, in kind of remembering on Shalom Peace, I think a big part of it that I've kind of learned recently is making things restored to wholeness or feeling Mm -hmm. whole in life Mm -hmm. and things happen to people where stuff gets taken away and they lose that peace that shalom because they don't feel whole Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's the beauty of relationship with Christ is that you have wholeness in life and full purpose in life and you can have peace with that um, that lasts a lifetime um there's also to I think with peace a call to action. I think a lot of times people think of peace as just passivity or just not doing something. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you can bring peace to a situation or to someone, especially if someone's wronged you, you can forgive them and restore peace in that relationship. Philip, that is very wise. That is very wise. If God has extended peace to us. Yeah. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have 
peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, uh, Edie, but we celebrate in our tribulations, the chaos. Knowing that the tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Edie, if we don't settle up on the love of God, we'll never know the peace of God. Because if we can't trust him, if we think like the song says, you're a bad, bad father, it's who you are, it's who you are. You can't trust him. You don't have a love relationship with the Father because you think he's somehow disqualified because you've experienced some kind of unfairness. But when you settle the love of God and that he is a good Father and he's not cruel, then you can begin to know peace. And you've got to lean in. Yes? That was Romans 5, 1 to 5. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. You all have been so kind and you've spoken well. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. So, you know what? Um, Jesus taught us that if you have a son and they're hungry and they say, Dad, I want some fish. Would, would a good father give the scorpion or the snake? You say, no, of course not. Good heavens. Or the child says, Daddy, I'm hungry. I want some bread. Mommy, I'm hungry. I want some bread. Well, you give them a stone. You might think that's illogical, but if you've ever walked in Palestine or seen the photos of Palestine, those round rocks sure do look like a loaf of bread, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, yeah, are you going to give them a stone? No, no. So Jesus says, if you being evil know how to give good things to your kids, how much more does your father know how to give you what you need? So here's the question. Um, can we take a minute, just, just not long at all, can we get real quiet and could you ask, and this is for Christians, can you ask the Father for peace? That that would become real inside of you? Is he a good father? I'd, I'd say it's more important than asking for fish and bread, you know, because that will feed you for just a little bit. But to know peace, what a gift. So let's just be quiet for a minute. Ask the Father for the good gift of peace. Let's do that. Abba, Father, there are so many things inside of us that they, 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 they're broken, stuff's missing, or the stuff in there we don't like, and there's a fight, there's hostility and a war between our very ears. Would you give us peace? Shalom. And as we receive your peace, help us give your peace. Thank you that your son is the prince of peace. He and only... Only your son makes us whole. Please, Father, what a gift to be at peace and to rest and lean in on you. Please, I ask because of your son, Jesus. Amen. Listen, that's the prayer of a believer. If you're not a Christian, that's not your prayer. That's not for you. 
Your prayer should be one of repentance. It's saying, hey, I'm, I'm a million miles from God. I'm not born again. I might sit in the church Sunday by Sunday, but you're not born again. You've never known the new birth. Listen, nobody can talk you into that. And if I can talk you into it, I can guarantee Satan can talk you right back out of it. That's, that's called religion. But the new birth is very, very different. It's a mystery. Somehow, somehow, God the Father gives this gift that the Son lives inside of you. In fact, and if you think that's mumbo-jumbo, Jesus said himself, I in you and you in me. But the world may know that you sin. Jesus can get in on the inside. He can. You've got to ask for it. It's called faith. And faith and repentance are kind of like brother and sister. They're kind of related to each other. You get one, you're going to get the other, right? It's no head game. It's not about religious things and, 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 and religious gymnastics. It's about being a child. And it's about opening your heart to Jesus Christ and saying, I can't understand it. I just know that my sins have separated me from you. And I know that, that your death on the cross stops the war. Would you please step out of heaven and step inside of me, please? Okay, let's get quiet again. I want us to pray. If that's you, I want you to pray that prayer in your words, meaning it with all your heart. Let's pray. Father, please. Anybody here has never known you as Lord and Savior, and this is their day. This is the moment when they open up their heart to you and they ask like a child. Father, please. Hear their prayer. Thank you that anyone who comes to you, you will not cast out. What a gift that we could be called sons and daughters of you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to talk to me at the end of the service, okay? I want to talk to you about that. It's going to be beautiful. And now we get to sing. <laughs> we get to sing love songs to our Savior. We get to put all this truth and our hearts united. You know, I was worshiping my office about an hour and a half ago, and the Lord gave me a song. Lee, I wrote it down. I recorded it. It's not real good, but it's my song. <laughs> it's my song, and I can sing it to my daddy, and he won't say anything negative. He, he listened to my song. You get to do that now, and he'll listen, and he'll receive. If you want a little Hebrew, when you worship, it's like, like you're... you're Saying something that's heavy is what it means. Words of weight, something heavy. Like, whoa, gold is heavy, right? Gold is weighty, it's very dense, it's very heavy. And when we worship and we sing, we're, we're putting heavy things into words and we're telling him that he is worthy. All right, I want to pray one more time. Abba, Father, get our hearts ready to sing and sing with all that is inside of us. No one timid, no one shy. Everyone singing truth to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all.